I haven't gone back and watched it on pay-per-view. I'm sure it holds up fine, but I appreciated the, the idea of being there live. This is my one thing I've always feared, which is that it actually wasn't recording. Did you, by chance, also start I did, doing yes. anything? Oh my god, you preserved those original five have. minutes. Thank you, yes. so I don't have to restart anything. Nope. Sorry for that minor panic attack. I looked at it and I was like, can this really be happening to me, Justin Shapiro? <laughs> yes, I think. Oh, wait, was it recording? Oh, I'm, I'd have been recording. <laughs> no, I don't think I hit record. Oops. Ha! Oh, well. Classic. I'm so sorry. No, don't worry about it. I think I stopped it and then tested it and then just didn't click it right. Oh, well. So this should be fine. <laughs> it's only 8.30. Yeah, no problem. Joe Gagne here, along with me, Justin Shapiro. Can I tell you, if you are a member of my family or someone that I went to high school with and you Googled my name and you've ended up here, stop immediately. It's not allowed for you to do this. It's banned and prohibited. Don't do it. I dare you to see what happens if you do this. You will not like the consequences of hearing this and knowing this. Joe, how are you doing as a person in the America and the world? I'm doing great. Which you versus? The holiday season, I'm, you know. A fine week of WWE programming, some of which I was there for, as we'll get into. And uh, Which was that which you were there for? I was at the TLC, TLC at the TD Bank Center in Boston, Massachusetts. All those letters. Yes. Now, when you and me were talking on your hit podcast show, Joe vs. the World, and I ribbed on you and made fun of you and cast aspersions at you for having bought the tickets to TLC. And now here we stand, sitting a week later. And in terms of money spent and time spent, do you have any remorse or regret over what transpired? I have uh, I have no remorse or regret. I enjoyed the show. And I had a pleasant trip into Boston and no, uh, no hassles or anything like that. It was a very nice drive. And, um, yeah, no, and I, uh, I went cheap with the... Uh, because due to the holiday season and also <laughs> trepidations about the the card itself, I I sprung for a uh, a cheap seat. Not only could I use the uh, the various banners as napkins, I was up so high, but uh, <laughs> I had a limited view, which meant I was to the side of the the big setup, so I I couldn't see the 
Titan Tron of the stage, I assume it was adorned with the tables, ladders, and chairs that bear its name. It's so true that it was. And I know it was also Money in the Bank you went to, which was similarly laden with ladders. Why does Boston be so obsessed all the time with ladders and in their wrestling? I don't know. It was, um, I'm trying to think of any other kind of major ladder matches that occurred, but I'm drawing a blank. So unless the, uh, the, uh, dumpster match at, uh, WrestleMania 14 counts and it does not. So I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if we're like Chicago gets laden with, uh, extreme rules where there will just be whatever ladder show is up that year. Chicago street fight, Boston ladder match. Boston ladder match. <laughs> or as you would call them, Massachusetts ladders, right? <laughs> Tables, ladders, and chairs. Right. Huh. Well, uh, we were just talking in an accidental non-recording about how um, I was reminiscing about how the gimmick-named pay-per-views are actually now going on like five or six years. And um, that surprised me because it struck me the entire time as an intrinsically stupid concept that hurt both <laughs> the uh, selling of pay-per-views and the ability to use gimmick matches um, when they would say occur naturally for a good reason, that it wasn't you turned the calendar. Um, all that said, I think you raised the, the nice point that TLC would be among seasonal affective disorder for current booking notwithstanding, one of the better value buys if you're going to go to a WWE pay-per-view. Sure, you see some, you know, some crazy matches, a lot of stipulations. It's usually, I mean, December pay-per-views have a bit of a rough history. <laughs> TLCs too, for that matter, but, you know, it's usually, at least something interesting happens. <laughs> Maybe not, you know, the best show, but nothing terribly dull. I'm probably forgetting all those dull shows. I also find it interesting that um, when they went to gimmick themed pay-per-views instead of fixing that they just did away with pay-per-views as a concept so it doesn't matter <laughs> yep. it just works out the same so you can't fire us we quit <laughs> we've gone over the top that's <laughs> true well it is a, a wonderful time uh to have this conversation with you i'm surprised in a pleasant way that we actually get to not have the usual um just kind of despair session that's <laughs> been i think rightfully uh resulting from most conversations about WWE for the last year or so um i would happily let this be the last time i ever have to talk about roman reigns <laughs> i have a feeling that won't be the case but after i guess uh, the spring was probably or like the january to march buildup was the fever pitch of roman reigns stuff and then it kind of ramped up again at Survivor Series when it was like, but this is just so stupid. What is happening? <laughs> um, maybe, though, that can just kind of settle and, and life can, can at least move on from that one pressing issue. I don't know. I think you'll talk about Roman Reigns at some point again in the future. I'm just going to leave good odds on it. Can, do you want to just get it out of the way <laughs> At the beginning, and then we can sure find more interesting things. All right, so why not? I mean, we can be the first to report that uh, Roman Reigns lost his ladder match at TLC. You on the scene to confirm that happened, right? Yes, I will confirm. Okay, and then according to uh, trusted sources, he then went on to win the World Wrestling Entertainment World Heavyweight Championship at Monday Night Raw. So he is now the World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> WWE goes in front of that every time. 
congratulations to him. You joke that we're the first to report this, but <laughs> like Steve Austin did a podcast with Wade Keller and obviously recorded it on Monday and they're speculating on the future of Roman Reigns. It's like, well, this is fairly moot. And then Jim Ross talks to Vince Russo on Wednesday and they, yeah, they did it like during the opening of Raw. <laughs> they recorded. So they're speculating. So I do feel that we are kind of uh, on the hot button here. We can offer hot takes. And that's all courtesy of you because I would have comfortably pushed this thing off to like MLK junior day. <laughs> we're like, well, I'm off, you know, between Christmas and I'm like, well, let's do it this week. And you were just kind of, Oh, a timely recap of a, <laughs> pay-per-view live experience hmm. intriguing oh uh, anyway isaac congratulations to roman reigns and to me he's still a chump ass dork but i wish him the best <laughs> and i'm i'm glad that his, oh, his fake daniel bryan quest is at least over and, and neither he nor i have to pretend that anymore um chump ass dorkness notwithstanding he seems like a nice person, and he's good at some things. So uh, I hope he gets to uh, have a nice time. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel relieved about the whole thing. Like I said on Twitter, the nice thing about Roman Reigns being champion is we don't have to argue about if or when Roman Reigns should be the champion. It's over, so mm-hmm. we, can, we can all move on. Okay, we'll just see what happens next and just go on from there. Exactly. I think we've, we've more or less ended up a one-month detour from if... Uh, Reigns had pinned Rollins at Survivor Series as he was supposed to. Mm. Rollins may have like tried to give him uh, one hell of a match uh, to drop the title with. That kind of seems like Seth Rollins' MO. But I wonder whether uh, Rollins wouldn't have gotten pretty advantageously cheered in that match, especially as it built and he would have been doing so many great things. But um, they had some, like, you know, the usual trappings to psychologically manipulate the crowd into being like, isn't this so unfair? And pile things up so much to the extent where eventually both nights, um, and maybe you you can tell us uh, the temperature and how it fluctuated uh, for that match live, but both nights by the end, people were like, okay, you know what? This is unfair, and I would prefer that Roman Reigns win. I think um, when they, like, they showed the opening... Uh, montage to the pay-per-view, whatever, the opening video package, and Roman Reigns came on. Everyone's like, boo, and I'm like, oh, long night for him, and then Sheamus came on, they're like, boo, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long night. I don't know if, um, the thing I appreciate, you know, everyone's like, well, they booked themselves into a corner, which is something to avoid, but the good thing is, I guess, is that you don't know what they're going to do. Like, there was real doubt, like, well, they're just going to put it on Roman now, or are they going to just keep it on Sheamus and do this? So I think there was, like, there was a time we thought, oh, Roman can win. He's going to win. And I mean, I think part of it is like the idea of seeing a title change mm-hmm. was exciting and we thought it could happen, which was part of it. And then I think, I think they got them into the match by the end. You know, I don't think it was like, ah, Roman Reigns has won over the crowd. I think like it was exciting by the end. They did a good job in that regard. I actually thought it was a very good main event. Uh, like Reigns for this whole year has done his job pretty well. Uh, it's just that no one liked him doing it, and he got no help from the booking. <laughs> no matter how many times Bray Wyatt played like the audience surrogate who we were supposed to learn a lesson from, <laughs> like none of that changed the the mm. presentation of him. But uh, so finally, here with scant days left in the calendar of the year, 
what the next night showed to me, and this is something I was trying to articulate in a recent conversation with Matt Forestine on his his infomercial about Listem Learns. Oh, well, that guy, okay. I was trying to think myself through the idea that even though Vince McMahon is like out-of-touch 70-year-old booker who's losing it and embarrassed himself on the Stone Cold podcast, and Triple H is the cool wrestling dad and the NXT man who we want to do better so he can let all of his friends loose with their good NXTing. I still have more affection for Vince than I do for Triple H because I think Vince is a great performer in some of the ways that Triple H is uh, uh, not. Vince is like engaging in the ways that Triple H uh, kind of steamrolls people and sucks out the oxygen. And um, I felt like Vince, in two segments, as clowning over the top, uh, Vince, McMahon, Mr. McMahon, the ass-showing heel, sometimes quite literally, did more to get Reigns a positive reaction than the whole year he spent feuding with the best-for-business modern heel uh, Stephanie and Paul, Triple H. I did like Vince kicking him in the nuts. Which is amusing, but um, yeah, Vince Vince just kind of has that. Considering he only came out for this all year because he thinks he's too old and and all that, just kind of has that level of gravitas. But you see, Triple H every week it doesn't have that specialness, and Vince just carries that extra. Not only you know being a rare character, but also the history of him going back, uh, you know, thirty years as a as a you know, a, well more than that as a commentator, but as and coming up on 20 as being Mr. McMahon, the, the big evil bad guy. Just him strutting around was, as strange as this is to say, a real breath of fresh air. And um, <laughs> some of his, like Triple H with the angry suit man stuff and Stephanie with her like businesswoman. Uh, I needed just for Vince to be doing the Vince walk. And when they came back from commercial and he was just saying like, let him wait, let him wait. It was such a... He was good at professional wrestling in all the ways that the authority make wrestling not so fun. Yeah, I thought he was going to give some uh, job performances to the uh, announcing staff right there, but uh, (laughs) it was not to be. That was a a weird recreation of, uh, remember it was, I think in Nassau Coliseum. Oh, that's right. Vince interrupted a Rhino to Jerry (laughs) match and was just like, this sucks, stop it. Send out the dancing girls. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And yet for him to do this to his personal office favorite, R-Truth, who he loves so much, that must have been... Uh, he would only do it with Ron, a guy he trusts and has such a oh, good yeah. working relationship <laughs> with. <laughs> and Phil got the rub because he got to be out there with Vince. Absolutely. Yeah, by the end of the night, or the second night, cheers for Roman Reigns. So congratulations. After a year of working hard and giving him every advantage they could think of, they managed to get Roman Reigns a uh, mildly pretty good reaction <laughs> to winning the world championship instead of being hated. So mission accomplished. Congratulations on a, a job well done. What was more fun for me, though, and if this was the end of this game, then it was a fun one but and it served its purpose, but it its last uh, gasp was the one thing I'd been waiting for. Um, it was short-lived, but it was beautiful. Can you tell me a little bit? about that magic few seconds at the beginning of the match when I think the dueling chant that broke out for this Reigns versus Sheamus match was We Want Cena, 
dash Cena stuff? <laughs> yes, it was. There were many, many chants, some of which I um, I didn't quite hear. Maybe it was just small pockets that happened to be picked up. But the, uh, yeah, the <laughs> let's go. Oh, we want Cena. Cena sucks. Was um, yeah, that was <laughs> that's been a, a bitter pill to swallow in the ring because it's not like you know. Hulk Hogan in his prime not being there and people this was John Cena people <laughs> are largely fed up with in, in this position but uh, being told they want him back instead of you must have been uh, a tough one there but uh, like I said they overcame in the end so it's on. the one the one spot I've been waiting for because it is the truly the meanest thing you can say right is <laughs> the one guy we've been booing for his 10 years <laughs> As the face that runs this place, even that is better than you. So, uh, whether that becomes a thing going forward, or was just one brief magic moment in time, I feel satiated in a way that at least happened once. Um, a lot depends, I guess, on who you see as Reigns' WrestleMania direction of the the big three old guys. Do you want uh, to me? Have any inkling on that? And this will will show up in a. A voiceover with the X-Men previously on. Yeah. All right, I can't wait. The last one, we look like geniuses. <laughs> we no? look like fools at the end, but... uh, Not true, Joe. You, I think you were literally on there, and you said, Maybe the fans won't take to Roman Reigns in last July. Well, so, I said that... Good on you. He would win the title at WrestleMania, which uh, I was wrong about. But to me, I think the, the direction is he'll have a rematch with Sheamus at the Rumble... Uh, I think he matches up with Triple H at Fastlane and then Brock Lesnar, who will win the Rumble as a repeat of last year's WrestleMania main event to get that redemption story over. I don't see him, I don't know, Triple H, like, just coming out of retirement to main event WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't, that doesn't seem, I don't know. I think they'll have something else in mind for him. I don't know what, maybe Goldberg, who can say? Uh, (laughs) No, that's, that's my, that's my guess. Triple H winning the Rumble does seem like, um, even a slightly too big a reach for internet nightmare <laughs> scenarios of like things Triple H will definitely do. Uh, I do miss the days at the end of 2013 when every show would end with the prediction that Triple H would come in and pedigree both guys and take the title. <laughs> Just because you know he would. And then there's been so many rumbles over the last, uh, since the one he won, where people expected Triple H to win. Because he'd want to. He'd probably come in and say, I'd like to win the Royal Rumble. And then he does. <laughs> yep. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think I'm close to your line of thinking, except I think Hunter's big return and heat back getting will come in between now and the Rumble. That'll be the Rumble title match. He'll conquer that uh, challenge. And um, then, yes, Brock Lesnar will win a Royal Rumble in the rare uh, deal where the fans are actually happy about the person who wins. And then um, they will finally uh, have their chance to get Reigns' hand raised over Lesnar. And if they think the crowd reactions are going to be different and they've finally figured it out, well, I guess that will be a never-ending debate for another time. Yep. And another show. Right. So, yeah, Vince rules, Triple H doesn't, I don't care about all of the NXTs he does with his little NXT pals. <laughs> um, Were you bothered by him um, being like, well, I got beat up, but I'm okay, because I want to be here. It's pretty much saying, <laughs> like, you know, 
yeah, I should probably, you know, not be here, but I want to. So here I am. <laughs> uh, I would be bothered if it hadn't been for, you know, the last one, <laughs> five, seven, eight, nine years of presentation of wrestling. I suppose so. Um, yeah, you know, why not? I think it's just considered a pocket universe, like the, the ancient Ireland of yore under the ring where leprechauns live. It's kind of like NXT is a different reality. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow played two different characters <laughs> about you and friends who were different people but just completely resembled each other. So, Yeah, canonically I think they're twins though because <laughs> Ursula did do some spots on Friends. I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave the Friends um, background to you. Sure. What, that water fountain? <laughs> <sighs> LeBlanc... Uh... The five years Dave has been hyping him as the biggest star in the UK, that angle paid off. Yeah, it did. Did Long see term that? story, I did see that. <laughs> what a moment. Um, watching NXT a couple days after the pay-per-view, I guess was it was it just like, oh, two good things for me in one week? Or was there still that psychology of uh couldn't life be like this and we'd be so much happier? Um, no, I was like, hey, some you know, I guess three good things. And, uh, you know, it was a, a solid four day period for me. I wasn't like, I was like, Oh, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, I can't rob you like this be two hours. I mean, some things are certainly like to be better, but I wasn't like, you know, I just accept this is how things are. So enjoy what's good. Yeah. And then this today. So huge events, man, I just, I just saw the Royal rumble graphic. It's a Roman Colosseum kind of setting, and then it's, it's sponsored by Chex Mix, which uh, an anachronism in, in ancient Rome. So, huh? That's some of that new upscale advertising that USA is pulling. K Jewel. Oh man, that we should talk about that K Jewel commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Where that guy like, oh, I need help. I'll talk to an Uso and Neil. <laughs> and it's like, I'll propose in the ring. I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassingly bad. The crowd chanted no. Uh, <laughs> which you know this was not a live proposal so did not uh, this was not happening it was just um, it, it's <laughs> what is K Jewelers thinking like what are you doing I don't who know. thought that they just get a good deal did someone you know I don't know they do blanket their advertising in December um I think are they the ones we you and I have had our fun about about that one where um oh no that was a cell phone commercial where Santa Claus had scantily clad pictures of Mrs. Claus on his phone or something and accidentally sent them I don't remember this I just remember the the husband leaving on his trip and the wife said, That's it yeah 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 Here's a video for you and we joke that the <laughs> she's <laughs> Some potentially lewd videos uh, the cabbie, given the husband the ride, is now well aware of. Exactly. And then they, they basically did, recreated that commercial beat for beat with Santa and Mrs. Claus. Oh, okay. Seasonal special. I'm aware of that. That wasn't K-Jewelers. It was a phone, of course. Yes, K-Jewelers not in the phone business. K-Jewelers, though, does seem to have the specialty of they want a... I think it's called... Um, micro-targeting or that thing how like oh the buzzfeed business of like 27 things that only a person who went to um you know dartmouth university in 2003 would know (laughs) 
And then, so it doesn't actually have wide appeal, but every single person who went to Dartmouth University in 2003 is going to be like, oh my God, so true. So you get 100% of that market. And that's why, uh, yeah, I think micro-targeting is what that's called. If it's not, you know, I'm dumb. It's not my special. Yeah, at least it's uh, But so K-Jewelers, then, they'll, they have like every scenario. They have a reason to give a ring for... Um, uh, the prior child of an earlier marriage getting to know the new parent. Go put calls for a ring. Why not? Some jewelry solves that problem. What about a widow or parent moving back in with uh, his children at an advanced age? And uh, well, <laughs> I it seems like someone should get a ring in that situation <laughs> to punctuate the moment. And my favorite was if you know. Um, the, uh, middle-aged man pursuing adult continuing education, getting that degree, and, uh, either he or his wife gave one another a ring to celebrate <laughs> some jewelry. Like, we've all been there in all of those specific situations, and that's how we know. Do jewelry, uh, in these ways. It fits for anything. Okay. So do you have you seen any of those particulars? No. God, see, maybe they are micro targeted. I guess so. Like micro micro targeted. I have to send you some links later. I <laughs> <laughs> should want to check out. Anyway, write the Shapiro show at our non-existing Twitter account with hashtag K examples of uh, some of the scenarios they ran. Oh, Joe, talking about this stuff. And we covered the Reigns thing to satisfactory. I mean, yeah, good for him, right? Yeah, good on you. I thought they worked hard. They had a good match that wasn't... It, it was both worlds best of. It had some fun shitting upon, and then they delivered a good match in the end anyway. Yes, I would say that sums it up. So, good for them. Ladders. I will say, Joe, at this point, when we can agree that the World Wrestling Entertainment has truly never been hotter or more well-received... I always enjoy the work to rate of the roster up and down and what has kept my interest like hardly waning even at all through some of the leaner times has been that everyone there is so motivated all the time and sometimes to a detrimental degree in in some of these uh, gimmick matches. For a while they had safened the ladder things to where the most dangerous thing you could do would, would be bump off the ladder onto the top rope and yep. not your balls, just your neck or sternum. Yep. Still land on your feet. And right. Old, oh, <laughs> whatever those restrictions were, they went crazy bonkers in that opening ladder match. And, um, you saw all the carnage happen or from a limited view, at least <laughs> I still had a full view of the ring. It actually, um, one of the benefits of being live is that you get to see everything kind of unfurl. You know, you don't just see what the camera shows you. You can see who's down, who's just getting up, who's kind of setting up what off in the distance. And, um, yeah, this match was criticized for um, kind of like too many spots and not efforts to win the match. Although I thought a decent amount of them were. Like the, the biggie press slam spot, like the Lucha Dragons were climbing the ladder, you know, when Kofi and I think Kalisto did the double springboard. They were both getting on the ladder and the, um, the big... Uh, uh, Selena Del Sol off the top, the super crazy spot, you know, Uso was on the ladder. Although Ric Flair thought <laughs> Uso suplexed um, 
Kalisto in that spot. So I'm not <laughs> not uh, not too sure what he was watching. But uh, I mean, yeah, the spot where the Usos were in the ring alone with the ladder and then threw the ladder out of the ring was a little um, a little specious. But uh, no, just a lot of creativity and just kind of you know just feel like. No one really expected it. No one really talked about this as being like a potentially great match. I, I think they just felt like, you know, the New Day will do shtick and, you know, the Usos and do their thing. And the Lucha Dragons haven't been too crazy. So, but uh, no, they just laid it out. I thought Kalisto was a man among men. And uh, the Lucha arm, you know, up and down thing was a lot <laughs> more over than I anticipated. Not like everyone was, it wasn't like, you know, the, big yes chant but enough people were doing it so it was kind of the opposite of most nxt gimmicks where it kind of bombed in full sail but uh got over on a larger scale to melzer's great chagrin i'm sure no doubt he is uh they look stupid when they do that (laughs) when you're talking about the credulity straining spots uh normally i accept guys doing spots in these matches with the reasoning like well, they definitely want to make sure they killed them, and then they could climb with ease after that. If they succeeded in doing this high degree of difficulty splattering to them, then they could win, because they would have killed their opponent. Sure. There's no getting back up. The one spot, though, you're talking about, yes, the Usos were alone <laughs> in the ring, the two of them and the ladder, and they're like, well, we got some dives with this ladder. Guess we better pick it up and throw it at them. <laughs> Like I said, though, I always appreciate how hard everyone works and their their willingness to um, try newer and newer things. Um, innovations in the art of falling down and landing on things and it hurting. This time more than ever, though, is when I felt like my appreciation for that crossed the threshold where I was like, guys, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Look at where you work and what it's been like. Can't you tell that it's just not worth this? At most, you're going to win a Slammy. Yeah, there's no best match bonus here. At, uh, you may get a Slammy next week and um, and all that. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate the, the effort a lot. So I'll never begrudge them. Edge and Christian the Hardys legitimately did put themselves on the map with their ladder match. What became, you know, uh, pretty core stars of the company for the next... Uh, seven to ten years depending on who we're talking about there to either you know pretty good success to major success um that doesn't so much happen anymore um watch a match like finn balor versus samoa joe and they had what i think your uh colleague and podcast hosting steve austin would call a bust ass match (laughs) and um hard-hitting punches to each other and dives from large man and uh, just really going all out, and uh, all in service of what I kind of wonder. This uh, the era of these matches making people. I don't know. It hasn't s- slowed them down from trying. Even Dolph Ziggler, who's been discouraged <laughs> more than anyone, is still gonna do his so, uh, his fast uh, near fall. He's like, this time it'll it'll click. They have to yeah. see it now. <laughs> Poor Dolph, who only uh, thirteen months ago ended the authority for good. Yeah. He didn't make this show, did he? Um, he off, right? Yeah. yeah. How about that? That's weird. He and his Breeze program was blown off on SmackDown before. Mm. Sources say, again, I have like four SmackDowns on DVR, and I fast-forward through them now. These are very tempting just to abandon without watching, unless anyone wants to tell me. 
to be sure to check out well, this Smack thing. Uh, I will summarize Roman Reigns came out at the top being all proud. Sheamus said he had to leave because of the uh, power of the authority invested in him or something. And then he sent out a bunch of short security guards who uh, Roman punched a lot. So there you go. One guy completely ate shit taking a bump, uh, short, <laughs> which is always fun. Okay. So that's that. I don't know. Like him, him running over people is is what I think I've been waiting a year for. But at some point, I think very imminently he's gonna have to revert to type. The type being like John Cena, two point one. Mm. And I don't know. That combined with the fact that Triple H, even if he's gonna lose this match to him, will need his spot. Basically, the equivalent of the, the Daniel Bryan handcuffs thing, where he's so mean and hurts guy so bad. Yeah, I think he, he's got one of those coming to to Roman Reigns, and um, even the kind of match they work. I think of you know, there's no question Triple H made Batista. Yep. But in making him, he did work long matches where he sold for him as, or Batista sold for Triple H as essentially an equal. Yes. So we will see. Also, I mean, Triple H, he's the NXT man and our cool wrestling dad. So is a crowd going to support him over Roman Reigns, the the uh, mm. false idol? These are questions for a different time. Can I get you a ticket to the Rumble, Joe, so you can come back to talk to me about it? <laughs> uh, I would love to attend, but uh, probably a little far out of my, my jurisdiction. I'm sure you have another correspondent that's closer. I hope not. I hate doing these. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I made you do it right away. That's all right. It's we pull that bandaid off. Renewed vigor. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to shortchange the ladder match havers by going back to Roman Reigns, the most important topic. <laughs> Who you in didn't fact talk about again. So. Yep. All roads lead mm. to a large dog. So, yeah, I think I asked you this during the our conversation about Money in the Bank, but the the positions for people outside the ring, out of camera shot, must either be the sleeping cell. Or just on their knees, ready to jump in for what their next spot is? Or is there a third variation on that? I can't think of one. It's funny to see them thinking. Yep. Their little wheels turning in their wrestler heads. Mm. And then we do this. And then we, how do you remember all that stuff? How do you keep it straight in a match like this? I wonder. Indeed. I guess it's easier with two on two on two than in the one versus one versus one versus one versus one versus one versus one. Versus one yeah, that does kind of. Although, I did like after the crazy Selena Del Sol broke the ladder. Like, Sin Cara did a completely unnecessary sport. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, no one, no one, they're still getting over the thing. Like, no one, no one cares about your little flip there. Sorry. And then there were times when um, they would do one of the calamitous falls, but then they would need another guy to be back for the next one. So, one of the dudes who took it would just have to kind of come back. Yep. <laughs> Most importantly, though, Xavier Woods, and if we're going to concede some lapses in logic, he ran to get his trombone to his left in the amount of time it would have taken him to run directly in the ring and yank man off the ladder. But what a connection! Yeah, what he, a direct shot. He threw. I mean, there's always the danger if you try to yank him off, you can be fought off. But uh, I think uh, anyone will see a trombone <laughs> coming, <laughs> and he did not. So that was that. What an arm. I wonder how many times they practice that. Like, you know there's the run-throughs of these matches, but what about target practice? Mm. He's throwing trombones backstage. Uh-huh, to, to nail it on the day. I mean, yeah, if you... I mean, it's kind of an unwieldy thing to throw there, you know. It's kind of... 
where do you grip it? You know, how do you? Let's play act that scenario <laughs> and say you miss uh-huh. and everyone groans. How are you going to save it? All right, I'm a climbing man. You are one of the great talkers in the business, so be sure and replicate that. All right. You miss me with the trombone. You know what the finish is. What do you do? Oh, I'm getting this belt. Uh, I, I say yeah. stop, and you stop. Okay. Or perhaps you would just look around and be like, what? What has occurred? And then Kofi Kingston was running in anyway. Perhaps could, uh, at that point, just kind of take over. Mm-hmm. I think that's what would have had to have happened. And almost certainly the contingency that they had prepared was that he would look around and be like, did some object <laughs> of a musical nature just whiz by me? And then Xavier could have... All I would have really needed to say is like, hey, look over here. And uh, by the standard of wrestling distractions, that counts. Anyone will get up to talk to a valet on the apron, even if they're applying a submission hold. Yes. They'll be like, hey, this isn't right. You probably would have looked and pointed at you to indicate mm-hmm. that you are on the apron where you should likely exactly. not be. And they're out of it. But the direct shot managed to peak it perfectly. And Good job, all those guys. So it must have felt nice for you to, to receive this. It was almost like... Uh, Already expectation exceeding straight away. Kind of, yeah. It was um, It was like, well, that's a hell of a match. You, A cool experience to see live. I felt already rather vindicated in uh, purchasing of my ticket. You were there for, um, oh, I know you were there. You got there nice and early, was. Joe. Why so early? Uh, Did the trolley drop you off so soon? <laughs> no, it was just, uh, you know, by traffic and all that, you just want to make sure you get there at a decent time. You're hanging around. It wasn't too cold, but I'm like, oh, I'll head inside and then... Uh, just found my seat and uh, yeah, just hung out. Mm. I know all about the the architecture of the city of Boston from reading the great novel The Bostonians by Henry James. Uh, yes, very little changed since then, <laughs> um, including in the Henry ways James we jump ass dork. By the way, <laughs> I have to say sorry. Americans is a horrendous book. Um. <laughs> Sorry, well, I apologize to any Henry James fans out there. Shoot week. <laughs> but so, yeah, you were there, and uh, if you wanted to get a dark match, it could have been an R-Truth versus a Bo Dallas. It really could have been, had he not been injured, probably something Stardust-related. Ugh. Or a, a, a an ongoing chapter in the Neville Miz uh, saga. So... To get Banks versus Lynch and even a, a paler shade of their NXT match was a, a pleasant thing. How did the crowd like this uh, these revolutionized divas in their competition, which was so hot right now? They uh, liked it fine. It was somewhat divided loyalties behind uh, a local wrestler and someone of Irish descent. So, uh, no, it was um, there, there was that, that rather bad skit uh, Team Bad was in earlier. Oh, the titular bad. Yes, the titular bad. Where uh, I, the the prevailing theory is they're trying to make them a female New Day because hey, you know, <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks popular. Let's uh, make the Chipettes and enroll uh, them there. <laughs> Seems to be the idea. Which is not good. It's a movie right now. It is. It Can't before. call them on dated references this no, time. No, I may have to see it next week. We'll see. No, not uh-huh. that the week after. School vacation week. I may be reduced. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so, um, no, the match itself was good. It was, I mean, I don't think it would be fair to expect, uh, takeover levels of, uh, of, uh, engagedness or quality, but, uh, 
a completely fine match. Uh, they've it's probably on the higher end of these pre-show matches. I feel for sure they're always fine, but this one was um. They didn't. Uh, I was gonna say embarrass themselves, but that's never the word because it's it's not their fault when the crowd just doesn't care. Yeah. But the work was good and the crowd was there enough. Yep. So, like you said, throw out the takeover standards and they're doing pretty good. And I guess the for something with where every babyface in this division has been turning heel, <laughs> perhaps there is a long term angle to a babyface. We want Sasha Banks dethroning charlotte the female rick flair new character mm. it's uh it's kind of weird describing now. any kind of foresight <laughs> that's bad, might be a bad a idea there too i do find it funny the <laughs> the whole dead brother thing where <laughs> we'll just reverse the roles because i guess that's where we're going now so yeah and i mean hopefully becky lynch uh gets a bigger spotlight out of it not made to look like a jump ass dork herself so it's our phrase of the day i have to say like Paige was rather foolish there it's called out by fans for doing her move like right near the ropes in front of rick flair like that's you know you're just asking for it there stupid baby face or stupid heel depending on how you <laughs> feel about such matters what a heroic reach by kevin owens there. oh yeah that was uh that was a close one I would wonder, like, people always grab it. Like, if you just touched it with your the end of your finger, does that, that still counts, right? I or, guess by the letter of the law. You would think. Mm-hmm. Now, were you uh, surprised by the uh, Ambrose title win? I think the theory of Ambrose losing was superseded by the theory of not bothering to protect Kevin Owens. And so for once in his sorry existence as a singles wrestler, Dean Ambrose got to win a major match on pay-per-view. Did you, what would you chalk it up most to? Like, A, a renewed push for Dean Ambrose. B, they were mad at Kevin Owens for being sick that one time. Or C, <laughs> heels won every other match on the show, so they needed to throw the fans a bone here. So they chose this. I think uh, Ambrose record on pay-per-view and coming up short inexplicably all the time combined with the just heel layout of the show would have worked on a different um uh card with different results i think they could have maybe thrown in just a bullshit uh, dq finish and not beat ambrose necessarily i think that's what happened in february when he was challenging bad news barrett imagine him in a high profile position <laughs> And they didn't want to change the title yet, and they're just like, oh, throw it up. So, yeah, with all the failures of his stablemates, I guess he he lucked into some success. I didn't know if the the story would be that uh, the family, quote unquote, would all fail, or whether the Usos and Dean Ambrose would win their results, and Roman would be the only one who failed. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of didn't do either, and just had one of them succeed. So, <laughs> yep, there you have it. Who needs a dynamic like that? Oh, indeed. Just doing whatever. They didn't even... <laughs> it really is improbable that his group of friends never <laughs> wanted to stop their opposite number, who was... They were <laughs> organized just to, to prevent. Um, I don't know whether it was before when we were unsuccessfully recording or actually recording that I said it was for the best that... Barrett had that nerve injury just to avoid the ridiculous of Reigns knocking out four guys. Yeah. That would be um, 
Just keep punching. Yep. So... ABP. Right. A happy moment for Dean Ambrose. Yep. For once the sun shines on Ohio's lunatic. Fringe. Oh, but Moggle, what are we going to do with the IC champs a lunatic like this? <laughs> it's going to be noticeable. He's... Yeah. He's going to make everything wacky. Uh, He's such an eccentric individual. He is. Mm, but that's going to continue, it seems. So, kind of hard to predict future bookings on because they have so much TV to fill in the uh, post-TLC, post-Slammies, post-Monday Night Football, pre-actually starting to build the Royal Rumble, then finally announcing the matches for the Royal Rumble, uh, television to fill that it seems like Ambrose and Owens could have like four rematches before they even get to uh, the Rumble. So, don't know. I think it was supposed to be a long term thing. They've already had two matches that Ambrose has won clean, though. Yes. Uh, I don't know. What else you want to talk about here? How about that chairs match? Um, I liked it fine. It was just somewhat unfortunate. They felt obligated to pay off the Jack Swagger angle with the Zeb. Like they had to close this loop, you know, as opposed to the hunt. They, <laughs> they don't. And that Swagger, well, he had a good year. It's just been on, under the radar. And he didn't have a chance to win at all. I don't think anyone felt. So it just felt like I enjoyed the match. But, you know, this is where the CM Punk chant came out, I do believe. Because, you know, you're seeing Jack Swagger on a on a pay-per-view. So. <laughs> I've been furious to see Alberto Del Rio back in the WWE ring. I thought I was rid of him forever. Um I am relieved. I don't think in the couple months he's been back, he's managed to armbar Dolph Ziggler in the six-minute TV match they had uh, nearly literally every week for two weeks. <laughs> it's coming, though, I'm sure. No doubt. And uh, I want to say I feel bad for um, Ryback whenever he loses because you get the sense, like, listening to him, he really feels like he could have a seven-year Bruno San Martino-style title <laughs> reign, and this is just another setback for him. It is tough for him as a babyface. Uh, I remember the the Wyatt feud too, where uh, you know Ryback is aggrieved, and then Ryback fights back. Sometimes Ryback tries a big dive or wants real bad to win, and then he just loses, and then <laughs> he has to go like, "What did what did Punk have him say? He's I'm a, a dumb he's a dumb fuck, fuck yeah." That's how he ends all these programs. <laughs> Ryback completely denies, by the way, to be fair. That's right. Punk allegedly did this. Do you think Ryback's hit his ceiling, or do you ever think he'll break through in any manner? I don't know. I He was trying to hit the ceiling when he did that flying, leaping dive right. into the air. So, bless his heart. He'll always have Feed Me More. And, um, I don't know. I think he's... He's been doing worse at other points. Uh, I think this is just where he'll be be at. He's a face to build up uh, other heels. Does he match up with Goldberg at WrestleMania, Texas? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Butts and seats. That would have been, was it two years ago, when Ryback started shooting his own angle for Goldberg <laughs> by doing Goldberg's moves? And they were like, yeah, well, you're going to pay for this one, pal. <laughs> Can we introduce you to the diagnosis of axelmania? Because you're about to get used to it. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, Del Rio, 
It's amazing, I think, by default. Or maybe this will be one of those Vince things where he's like, I don't think anybody cares about uh, John Cena's revenge on Alberto Del Rio. Perhaps in part because they barely mentioned it. Yes. And didn't ca- make it any kind of like uh, heat angle departure. But I guess all it would take is uh, the champ, the erstwhile champ, to come back and, and do the regular thing of being like, I lost a match. I want a rematch. We're going to have that match. Gee. That was the um, uh, that was a floated out idea for this show, but I guess the timing just didn't quite uh, work out. So, right. So I wonder if that'll just be a, a Royal Rumble undercard match to keep Cena out of not winning the Royal Rumble. Could be. Uh, I guess that depends on whether John Cena actually is winning the Royal Rumble or not. Would be pretty big. I don't know. I'm feeling Cena Undertaker. So. So am I. I, uh, it would have been logical. The four guys, right, are Cena, Undertaker, Roman Reigns, and, and Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And it could have switched in the other way, but then they blew off Undertaker and Lesnar early. So, to me, that only leaves what you said, those combinations. That checks out, at least to me. Short of, again, the ludicrous steal where Triple H wins the Royal Rumble and challenges WrestleMania main event as a heel. Yeah, so. I, I don't I don't know. I don't think I see it. I myself. just don't think there's a hook for that. At least if you if he was like <laughs> did that 2013 thing where Triple H walks out at the end and gives himself the belt just in time for WrestleMania, <laughs> and then Roman Reigns beat him, but Reigns defending against this guy and getting it. No, no, no. And you brought it before then. Who? Since, you know, every Triple H WrestleMania match is a main event, what it would take. I wonder if that just by default leaves Dean Ambrose pinch hitting in the for Rollins pinch hitting for Rock, the same way that Daniel Bryan was pinch hitting for um, uh, CM Punk and Sting was pinch hitting for Batista, just because, you know, got to get somebody ready for Triple H. I really don't know. They'll pull somebody else out in time to have a Triple H division match for Mania? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they match up Triple H and Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really determined to work Goldberg in here, so I guess we'll see. You got a lot of scenarios. I do. You need to tweet them at Bill. (laughs) Tell you if the money's right. You probably blocked me after all the mean things I said about this podcast. (laughs) That would be a great angle. Uh, Jericho and Wyatt are the only people who have tried to do the podcast angle <laughs> oh, so good far. good reason. Austin and Lesnar did the reverse of that. They That's true. They to the... settled their feud on the... And that was, of course, a segment of Pod on Pod. Yes. Joe, how much ECW fever did you have to see your heroes, the ECW <laughs> team, back? I kind of maybe I had inflated expectations because I remember that excellent Dudley's Hardy's table match from Royal Rumble 2000, and thought maybe something in a way could translate to this. And while Braun Strowman is not quite Jeff Hardy, uh, it just it kind of seemed to lack the the real necessary chaos. Not that they had to go absolutely crazy, you know, brawl in the crowd eight-way juice, but uh, a little more energy, I think, would have been uh, greatly needed. And but I did like the way the match was laid out. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see the Wyatts get a 
a dominant win, which they <laughs> badly needed at this point. And I still have a weird soft spot for Tommy Dreamer, so uh, I don't know. You know, it, it wasn't great, but uh, I, I don't know about pulling out lighter fluid and then just uh, just not do it. Like, like the fans have been disappointed enough on the show by all the heel wins. I don't know why you would just <laughs> add something else in there, but whatever. Not that I advocate setting people on fire. Probably more just don't don't do that. Yes, the the very heat was in the absence of heat. Yeah. It was actually pretty well timed. Where like sometimes you do a flash finish on somebody and it's to like counter a move but this time it was uh i think wasn't like yeah he had just tried to light the thing and instead he received a maneuver probably a sister abigail or some such shit he got right there in his clutch kicked in the head and then i think uh stroman just put him through the tables right on it goes yes and all you people didn't get your fire but uh, people were into that idea, I have to say that. Mm. Mm, good for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's absurd to me that we're watching this ECW like, reunion run, not only after the WWE run, and then like the nostalgia WWE run of its own ECW, when they like gave Dreamer a second run there towards the end, mm. and the TNA ECW, which, as we all remember, was called... Um, what? EV 2.0. That's it. Because <laughs> chanting that, EV 2.0, sounds exactly like ECW. Yeah. Thank you. I was lost on that one. Um, yeah, so here we are. Why is this happening? I don't know. I am kind of amused by the Dudley being marginalized after, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're a team that clearly take themselves uh, <laughs> very seriously, all the tag titles they've won and what have you. And I do find this mildly amusing at least. Absolutely. Some of their podcast run talked about, like, what can the Dudleys do for their legacy at WrestleMania 32, the biggest show in the world? And to me, the answer might be challenge for an Andre the Giant (laughs) trophy and maybe be thrown out in a double choke push by the big show. Where is the big show these days? I don't know. It's taking a load off. You would think with all the the injuries, he would uh, step up here. They need some warm bodies. Mm, this is like saying Candyman, Candyman, isn't it? I suppose so. <laughs> You're invoking a Big Show Roman Reigns match on Raw. <laughs> Careful what I wish for. Fairly soon. Seems like there's a lot of weeks TV again <laughs> between January and the Royal Rumble. Uh, looking at his stuff, and then of course other things here. Sign of person. Rummaging through notes, then going to another thing to look at, and then... Alright, <laughs> anything else you want to tell me about the goings-on over there at the old table ladder chair? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a solid show. It was bookended by two uh, very good, excellent matches, and uh, the stuff in the middle. There was something decent in at least every match. There's nothing that was a complete waste. And uh, some uh, solid wrestling there. And they uh, they turn it around. You know, they used to say, good promoters give the fans what they want, but great promoters convince the fans to want what they want, the promoter. And it seemed WWE was trying to be great promoters, but they were just being bad because they weren't even giving fans what they wanted. But maybe they turn the corner, maybe they'll end up great, or at least good. So you know what's funny 
the symbolic thing of Reigns and Vince there where, you know, Roman was the one who put a voice to the, all the criticisms of Vince of being an out-of-touch 70-year-old man, and then he was the guy who got the, the loaded gesture um, uh, from a symbolic standpoint, semiologically, kicking Vince's carcass out of the ring and starting a brave new dawn uh, free of Vince. Um, I get the, like allegory there of like uh, a hero for the fans to punch <laughs> the booking but if they really wanted um like reigns to conquer the obstacle that had aggrieved the fans so much he would have had to like defeat and destroy roman reigns in some kind of mortal combat mirror match <laughs> if you would have got rid of like magic beans roman reigns then only then mm. he would have faced his true destiny and emerged on the other side. No doubt. What was the thing that there was? He had a a real good, oh tater tots of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Which some youngsters were chanting vigorously. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask whether there was any tater tot research. Very small. Any. Also, only saw one unicorn horn at uh, at the <laughs> show, at least in my section. Well, that's a rare beast, you know. I suppose so. I guess it wouldn't make sense to be unlimited. Yeah. Chimera, or however that's pronounced. Chimera, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. Not the Chimera. <laughs> um, and then any any you just want to do nice time thoughts for the people about NXT, a pleasant going on, I thought. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, did you uh watch it later on? Spoiler free, I hope, or were you available in the afternoon to uh? I work a certain kind of job that ends at 3 p.m. Oh, perfect. So I fit in an adult's regular day and still arrived at the exact time to be like, oh, this thing. I will not miss it. Excellent. Uh, an enjoyable show. I have nothing, uh, not, not a bad thing to say outside of Triple H <laughs> or <laughs> Triple H B uh, appearing in the show. But uh, no, nothing no, enjoyed all the matches, thought some uh, good stories told, everything made sense, and uh, people like to sing their songs in England, so. <laughs> I think that, uh, I mean, I'm not telling any tales out of school here, but Asuka is just like a force of nature. Yeah, she is uh, quality. She's good at her job. She's good at being wrestling. Yep. She, overcoming all the odds and just like, being an unstoppable force, that is who Roman Reigns needs to emulate. Mm. Is not John Cena, not Goldberg, not Brock Lesnar. Book Reigns like Asuka. Say nothing. Be pissed all the time. <laughs> have people be scared of you. And, uh, you know, counter out of all their little um, attempted screw jobberies. Replaced. The finish of that really was almost as much adversity as they'd been putting Roman <laughs> That's Reigns. That's true. To. That was a lot. That was every kind of shenanigan you could pull between ref bump, Mm -hmm. missed tap out, face being caught with the illegal weapon, heel Mm -hmm. having a weapon with the referee's back turned, and uh, overcame it all. Just replace kicks with uh, punches, and you're all set for the Roman Reigns transfer. And timely (laughs) ooh Doesn't feel like Samojo is an old friend who has reemerged. Yeah, it's good to see him... uh, being all fired up or being on a platform I want to watch him on as opposed to TNA where he may as well be in witness protection for all I know or care so it's good to see 
it is a nice reminder because I think one of the thematic points I've been trying to suss out in conversation I've been doing on this show is like, first, my hypothesis was that Punk and Brian in 2011, 2012 changed the course of history Uh in WWE of, you know, breaking themselves through and uh, these two unexpected phenomenons with the Punk promo leading into the money in the bank where Brian got the briefcase, which eventually set up the scenario where he lost to Sheamus and created that whole um, uh, revolt and then his eventual deal. And then from there comes like the NXT signings and it's a brave new world. And now looking at my narrative, I think what happened was that you can tell me what you think that punk and Brian just like diverted the path of history off its course for a while. And now the timeline is resetting itself to where it was supposed to be with, uh, uh, Seamus and Alberto Del Rio and, um, uh, Vince McMahon world. I kind of envisioned something where Punk leaves it when he was about to uh, have his contract expire the first time, doesn't do money in the bank, and then just WWE runs with Sheamus and Del Rio for the next couple of years and calls up Roman by himself to push as the next great man. And then we are where we are right now, pretty much. Yeah, it seems time, uh, fracture time has healed itself in some regard. We're talking about Days of Future Past on... Uh, your Joe vs. the World episode, some kind of scenario here yeah. where, um, I don't know, uh, time traveling bearded Dean Ambrose from the future <laughs> is sent back by conjuring the Phoenix and does something crazy with wacky hot dogs. That's probably and... why he's uh, he's on the fringe of time. That's why he's so eccentric. <laughs> he's out of a man out of time, Vonnegut style. That's exactly it. Man, Henry James and Kurt Vonnegut. What a show. <laughs> yeah, this is a... Uh, my shows are designed for close reading and multiple interpretations. So I hope we've delivered that in this uh, tossed-off conversation that you rushed me into <laughs> weeks before I would have ever been prepared. Well, I am glad you went to the show and had a good time and took the time to tell me about it. So thank you so much for your service. And of course... I have PayPal you uh, to defer the cost of the ticket. So oh, thanks. To do all my journalists with our big show budget. <laughs> now, I am a subsidiary of your show, so... Oh, I guess it's just all... It's going to be tunneled out of that account. Well, uh, so... Some Enron stuff spend. here. I invoice you that stuff. Mm-hmm. My expenses. <laughs> and then, I don't know whether you have a big spreadsheet or you just send it all to well, that, one level of you. That's what those faxes are. Mm-hmm. All right. The Cubs facts. Cubs facts. Oh, yeah, I should always point out that because people have such overloaded podcast cues that um, this goes up second week in December, but we would like to thematically present it as, I guess, a Valentine's Day show. (laughs) So can you just end on uh, um, pick a wrestler and then send them a nice Valentine to thank them for their hard work? Oh, me right now? Yeah. I like Roman Reigns. I think everyone's mm. heart goes out to him right now. That's for sure. And then to counter, I would send one to John Cena saying, Miss you with the word you. Please come back soon and fix this. 
as I said, um, my new goal after the year of uh, digging my heels against Reigns, um, finally succumbed to actually not fucking up any of his planned title wins <laughs> after deferred them for as long as possible. New goal is for Cena to come back and completely pull the rug out from under him, Hogan and Warrior style. Ooh, I wouldn't pull it back out. Back to business under John Cena when life made sense. <laughs> It's weird now, I'm 10 years older, and I lived through that whole period where I had a hearty LOLs at people who booed John Cena like they were for real mad at him. And I was like, <laughs> what do you care? This guy's great. Come on, what's your problem? And now with Roman Reigns, I'm like, ooh, you're going to be my enemy forever. I will never <laughs> accept you. Aww. Such would be to admit I was wrong, but guess what, Joe? I'm so right. Uh, we'll see. And he's the wrong wrestler guy. <laughs> so, Roman Reigns, we hates you forever, and this isn't over, not by a long shot, or maybe will, because I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of it as we sit. <laughs> so, we've got that out of our system. Joe, thanks again. Uh, have a wonderful uh, Valentine's Day with your sweetheart and uh, all your secret admirers and candy hearts. Okay, great. No, you're the lady with the lovely kitchen. Uh huh. Lizzie Bradbury, right? Uh, and you're? Uh, Peter, Peter Colt. Nice to meet you, Peter, Peter Colt. Five quid says you can't do it again. <laughs> Ten bucks says you can't hit two in a row. You're on. 
lovely form. Thank you. You're exceeding my expectations. Mine too. Do it with a slice serve. I'll treat you to fish and chips. Ooh, the pressure's on. Lovely toss. Uh. Fish and chips it is then. Lizzie, sweetheart, what the heck are you doing? I'll just one more serve, Daddy. You've got to be back in the hotel in 20 minutes for an interview. Two seconds, okay? It's funny you don't seem the daddy type. Hit this one. And I'll sleep with you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Too bad. You could have used the workout. 